Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. National Football League rolls on with some shocking news coming out a little bit earlier in this week about one of its more prominent head coaches gone, shamed, out of here. We'll get into that. College football continues to roll. Major League Baseball fans have their eyes currently glued to the NLDS Game 5 between the Dodgers and the Giants. Everyone else is advanced. We will talk about who will be playing in the ALCS. It's not a great time to be a Yankees fan if you're looking for someone to root against, although it is a pretty easy answer if you get right down to it. The NLCS might see the World Series champion be crowned based on the winner of the NLDS. So baseball is back as a talking point on the show, and I know Al is excited about that. But we've yet to discuss the John Gruden situation. And it seems like, as we record on Thursday night, that this happened weeks back already, and it just happened days ago, where it was released in the investigation into the Washington football team's scandals that have gone on for years and years with Daniel Snyder at the helm, have been looking into 650,000 emails, a part of that, from a specific year's time span, and it gets released and reported some of the emails were from one John Gruden, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and some of the things he was saying in said emails were absolutely deplorable. It first came out that he was racist, and then it came out that he went against women, and then it came out he had misogynistic comments, homophobic comments, Every other comment you can go after, every race, religion, creed, it seemed like he left nobody off the list except for maybe Jewish people and us Italians. I don't think we were listed in in the list of demands, but maybe they just didn't get long enough down. Give it time and you might get down to us. They just didn't get there yet. remember, he wasn't a coach at the time. He was not a coach at the time. He was working for ESPN as part of their broadcasting crew for Monday Night Football, so he didn't have the ties to the Raiders like he does now. So the NFL could say, hey, he wasn't our guy. He wasn't one of our coaches. He was just one of our announcers. Some of the commentary had to do with kneeling in the National Football League, female officials, the Eric Reid situation, the Colin Kaepernick situation, ripping Roger Goodell, which maybe was the thing that put all this over the edge. Because unfortunately, it seems like how this sometimes happens with the National Football League is if he just kept his stupid to being racist, homophobic, misogynistic, they might have just said, okay, you have to be suspended for the rest of the year without pay. You got to be fined, X, Y, Z. But if you come at the king, if you come at the National Football League, which John Gruden did in his many, many, many deplorable things, now they're raising their eyes a little bit. Oh, you want to talk shit about us, do you? Well, we'll see how you like this. Let's release all these emails to the public and let's see what they think about what you've had to say. Now, let's keep in mind, too, for folks that might not be aware of this, the investigation of this is not of that of John Gruden. The investigation of this is of the team that plays football in Washington. Daniel Snyder. How no, the, the new, ownership the new Washington culture football was. team, the then 
Washington Redskins who are being investigated for their their culture or lack thereof in regard to workplace discrepancies, workplace misconduct, workplace misbehavior, with res- certainly with respect to females, cheerleaders, front office, executives, etc. And this is something that basically the league has stumbled upon in their investigation, which his racist comments and remarks in regard to the head of NFL Players Association, uh, Demore Smith, in which I believe, I don't want to get the quote wrong, but I'm paraphrasing, he described him as having lips like a set of Michelin tires. Uh, I think I'm pretty close, if that's not the exact quote. So uh, that and other negative comments about him, but that one jumps off the page. Uh, That alone was probably, you know, without anything else, I think would do him in. But that's just starting the snowball down the hill. And then the rest is just, you know, slam dunk, easy fodder, stick a fork in him, he's done. Here's what I'm tired of. This notion that, you know, how far back do we look? First of all, it's not that far back. This isn't 50 years ago. This isn't, you know, old text from when John Gruden was a teenager. He's a grown up. He's in a position of authority. He's a public figure. He's been a public figure. It's not, you know, oh, I'm new to texting and emailing. And this is from 2011 on. Even I knew the dope that I am, the old fart that I am, the old report that I am, that you know, emails, you got to double check them. Okay. Even if you think it, all right, before you put it, on the screen and hit send, you better take a long look at it. Bad enough you think it. I mean, worse that you send it. So it, it's just absolutely, we talked about how stupid, how moronic, how thoughtless, how imbecilic the Jacksonville coach was to do what he did. What could Urban Meyer be thinking? How can I possibly feel sorry for John Gruden? His career is ruined. Uh, He's getting $10 million a year to be a lousy football coach. John Gruden went to, people think John Gruden went to this plethora of Super Bowls. He went to one Super Bowl all right, with Tampa and won. He, people think he coached the Raiders. He didn't coach the Raiders when they lost the Super it Bowl. It wasn't even his team, Al. He used to coach the Raiders. He beat the team that he used to coach. That was coached by Bill Callahan. And you know, they stumbled in with his mediocre quarterback and his defensive back, who was the MVP of the game, returned interceptions for touchdowns. And Rick Gannon, Rich Gannon threw his 12 interceptions. And Tampa Bay crushed him. Good for him. He's done nothing as the Raider coach. He's been involved in moronic trades. He was a real fun guy to listen to as a Monday night announcer. And I loved a lot of the things he said in terms of the game and sick of the ticky-tack stuff and you know, some moronic calls and, you know, let's go, let's play the delays with the replay, etc. And a lot of stuff I agreed with, but I feel sorry for John Gruden. Uh, his career's over. His career should be over. His career probably should have been over years ago. He's a lousy, he's been a lousy coach, been an overpaid coach, been a grossly overpaid coach. Al Davis's son, the dope Mark Davis, who's got an IQ probably of a 10th of his father. Loves him. He's paying him $10 million a year to be a mediocre coach of a mediocre team in his brand new ballpark, in his brand new city. Do I feel sorry for him? How can I feel sorry for him? He's made $40 million for being a mediocre football coach, but he's not going to be able to do that anymore. Okay, so he's got $60 million bucks and he can't coach anymore. Tough. That's what you get for being a horse's ass. People forget. People move on. There's another idiot who's going to crop up in the next few months and people forget John Gruden in a couple months and what he did and everybody will move on. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was a few years ago. Yeah, I used to coach Raiders. That's right. He went to Super Bowl. He knew, you know, people don't even remember that he wasn't the coach of the Raiders. Oh, they lost. Oh, he went to two Super Bowls. Lost one with the Raiders and one with the Bucks. No, he went to one. He got screwed on the, t- on the tuck game. Absolutely. On the tuck call. In the snow. Absolutely. You know, that started the Patriots run. But, you know, one Super Bowl appearance. It's a lot of pretty good coaches have been to more than one Super Bowl. Or at least been to one. But they made John Gruden out, you know, Chucky, you know, with the, with the, with the squint and the frown. 
Then he's the second coming of Liberty. Enough already. Goodbye. Get out. So long. Farewell. You're a moron. You're an idiot. You're dumb as a box of rocks. And you get what you deserve. Next. Next. Exactly. And if you're a Raiders fan, I mean, you don't want to lose your football coach. But if you take a step back from the situation, you just got a little bit lucky. Because that dude was going to be around for the next six years. You got a new stadium. You got a quarterback that shows flashes of potential. Yeah, he's mediocre. Yeah, he's mediocre. Was kind, but you yes, know, he does bear with flash, me. flashes of potential. But that's all he's ever shown is flashes of potential. Then he disappears. He Every does. time he gets in a big spot, they got to get a new quarterback. You've got maybe hope now if you bring the right guy in. I don't know if the interim coach. Another one of John Gruden's guys is going to be the answer. He's a footballer, football guy for life. Got emotional because he didn't want this to be the way he got his first head coaching job. But he's fortunate to be in the position that he is. We're going to see what the team responds with playing, of course, my Denver Broncos, which is nice. But they have a chance to kind of dictate their own narrative for the rest of the season. If that's going to be behind Rich Basaccia and Derek Carr and loud fans at a stadium that's a tourist attraction at the moment, we'll see. But you got out of a contract that people were absolutely shocked about when it first happened. They're giving that man $100 million for 10 years? He hasn't coached in however long? What the hell are they thinking? You're not just going to bring him in for two and see how it goes? Nope, 10 years right out the gate. John Gruden's back in Oakland at the time. Terrible move. And it hasn't brought any fruits or excitement, really. You've been all right. But now you have an opportunity to switch that up. And as for those emails and that investigation, people rightly so are calling for, where's the other shit? 650,000 emails, you're telling us John Gruden's were the only ones that were bad? Nobody replied all to what he had to say in those emails that were going out to bosses and CEOs and God knows who else? Where's the other stuff? Where's the, you ain't lying, John. Where's the smiley face back to John? Wish I said said it myself. Where are those? What hasn't been released is the please see me, period, you know, from Mark Davis. Or what the hell are you talking about, John? That's gross. Hasn't been those emails released afterward. So God only knows what the replies were to whatever shit they were saying about whomever and whatever. How stupid can you be? Rhetorical question. The answer is we can't even begin to imagine. Bring on the next idiot. Bring on the next buffoon who will do himself out of, oh, we've got one. Wait a second. That's right. Center stage. The guy who doesn't want to be the center of attention. It's not that I'm an antivirus. It's just that I'm anti-establishment. I want to stand up for uh, whomever. Uh, Kyrie Irving. That's right. Kyrie. Who, who I heard one caller call the modern-day Dred Scott. Right. Uh Jesus Last time I checked, Joseph. historically, Dred Scott was a slave who sued for his freedom. Uh, Kyrie Irving is an NBA player who's getting paid uh, $18, $20 million to not play. To not play. Not exactly comparable to a slave. Uh, only thing in conjunction, only thing similar that he shares with a slave is the color of his skin. And I don't hear about persecution. And those who want to say that, you know, he's standing up, if he was, if he was white, what would all these supporters say? That's what I'd like to know. Who's he standing up for then? He's a modern day Ali. He's a modern day Dred Scott. Okay. What is it? If it's, if, what, what, what if, if it's Luca? All right, it says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting the the, uh, the vaccination. And, uh, you know, 
because of where I am, I can't play, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll play road games only. You know, and I'll get paid. What if it's Luca? Is he, you know, a modern day warrior? Is he standing up for the rights of others? You know what he is? He's a Trump or anti-vax. All right, that's what he is. Uh, and pox on him. The bottom line is, Kyrie Irving is the leader of sending the clowns. Because it's always about Kyrie Irving. It doesn't matter what it is. It always revolves around him. Kyrie Irving should have been a tennis player or should have been a golfer. should have been in a sport where it's just him. Because that's all he cares about. Kyrie Irving is not a team player. He's never been a team player. He made his shot. He helped LeBron get his title. And ever since then, it's been, yeah, I'll do this. No, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'll do that. I'm going to play here or I change my mind. I want to go there. Uh, I'm going to play. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, we don't have top flight, top shelf alcohol here in Florida. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure I can play. I got to take time out for some mental situations, but I got time to go to the birthday party. And you know, now I don't want to get the vaccine and the earth is flat. And I'm standing up for all those who uh, have a right to choose and don't get a chance to exercise it. Etc. Etc. Last time I checked, how about complying with the terms of your contract? Got a contract that says you're getting paid forty million dollars in their bus to play basketball. And with Kyrie, it always comes down to the last thing. It seems like he wants to play basketball. I would take two weeks off last year for what? I you know I got to get myself together, mental health, which is incredibly important. But you know he's exercising and and repairing his mental health at the birthday party, maskless, I might add. So it's always about Kyrie. You know, he's, he's, as I said today uh, on the radio, he is the, and to an even worse degree, because the two biggest wasted talents in all of sports, in at least the last ballpark decade, all right, are Kyrie Irving on the basketball side and the misunderstood, incredibly talented wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., who between injuries and being a whack job, is never happy where he is, and the team seemed to be better off without him. And Kyrie Irving is an incredibly gifted player. I love watching him play. He's a fabulous basketball player, but he's a whack job. He's selfish. He's a clown, and all he ever does is cause problems wherever he goes. It's simple. He is a tumor. He is a cancer, and it grows wherever he goes the longer he stays. And they're always better off, just like a cancer, when it's removed. Because all he does is cause disharmony. He causes problems with the fans. He causes problems with management. In the locker room, they can say they love him all they want. But he's never there when they need him. That's what team is all about. When I look over my shoulder, are you there? You got my back. Kyrie Irving's never got anybody's back. All he's got is Kyrie Irving, front and center, 24 minutes on Instagram, babbling away, nonstop, incessant confusion, just like any other question he answers post-game, win or lose. Where you ask him a question, he talks for five minutes, and I can't figure out what the fuck he said. It all sounds really smart because there's a lot of big words. But at the end of the day, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Just go away. Get out. You don't want to play. Go away. Go you go up be be the patron of 50,000, get in the capsule, go up there and tell me if you sit the world is still flat. Get on a boat, sail around the world and see if you fall off. I'm tired. I'm 63 years old. I admire what these guys do. It's incredible. But to see a guy waste the talent, the immense talent that he's got, and then bitch and whine and moan constantly about anything and everybody. It's never him. It's never about Kyrie. It's always somebody else's fault. Get lost, okay? Take a fly and screw to the moon. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how many jump shots you can make. I don't care what a ball handling wizard you are. Enough. You know, put up or shut up, and preferably just shut up. 
Don't shut up and dribble. Shut up and go away. You know, as a Duke basketball fan, I like to joke about him not getting his degree and leaving after a season and see what would have happened if he stayed at Duke, got his diploma, et cetera. And I woke up this morning and the first tweet I saw was from Jay Williams saying of Kyrie, I support you, Kyrie, and a couple emojis. Well, from one Duke degree to no Duke degree, I guess it doesn't make a fucking difference if you just don't have any sense. So at least I wonder, if be full support. I wonder if Jay be full support him if he was white. He probably would for the show. Did you see first take? They got to yell. Max, Max, R.I.P. Max. Now he's on the radio. Jay Williams yelling at Stephen A. They're doing their, we're on delay, so we're just yelling over each other, and nobody realizes we're still talking, and I'm going to just talk louder because my point's more important than yours. Five, ten minutes of that yesterday morning. You missed it. Oh, it was great television. I didn't miss anything. If Stephen and A. Marcus was involved, Spears Jay having Williams to sit there involved, like what? And Keyshawn Johnson was involved, and Max Kellerman was involved. I didn't miss a thing except <laughs> what they put on every day—a clown show, an absolute and complete clown show. It's unwatchable. It's unlistenable. Plain and simple. So I missed nothing. It was a good you day for you. Uh... You subjected yourself to that misery. Well, it was a good day for you not to have Instagram, to have to read those comments and see Stefan Marbury as one of the Ali would be proud crowd to which people on social media had to repost videos when Muhammad Ali did commercials and PSAs getting vaccinated along the likes of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell. Video footage had to be released because of these nitwits. The, the, those Ali three uneducated, proud. those three uneducated bastards. What do okay? they know? What would they know? All right. You know what? Only two out of three of them are alive, Al. You're not sticking me with a needle. I see all I need to see. Only two of the three are still with us. O- o- only three brilliant black legends, as athletes and as civil rights activists. And as men who stood up for what they believed and understand the gravity of the situation, uh, that we are in a circumstance where national health is of the utmost concern and speak the truth, speak the educated truth and aren't going to get on some some phony soapbox just to support somebody because they happen to be the same race and because they're happy to protest something, okay, which is asinine. Because it makes no sense. But then again, as I said, not much Kyrie Irving does or says makes any sense whatsoever. It's just the circle. He's, he's, he's basically the circle line. Talks in circles, the babbling brook, the never-ending pontifications of the never satisfied, never happy Kyrie Irving. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. To still not so happy things before we get into the baseball being played, I couldn't believe the notification and news that the St. Louis Cardinals had fired their manager on Thursday afternoon. Are these the same St. Louis Cardinals that rattled off that 17-game winning streak to put them in the postseason, Al? Are these the same St. Louis Cardinals that had an opportunity to get in, in the play-in game? Are these the same St. Louis Cardinals that were pretty higher above their expectations, I'd say, this season? Did a pretty damn good job finishing second in the AL Central. NL Central, it's part of me. And that wasn't good enough to keep their manager around because apparently they just didn't see eye to eye. Him and the owner and everybody involved couldn't come to the same agreements on whatever they have to agree upon. I was pretty shocked to see that decision. I don't know enough about Mike Schilt to 
have an opinion about whether or not he should have stuck around. But based on the record, based on what I saw during that run, he looked like he was doing something right, but apparently not. Very curious to me, that decision today. Well, it's not a result-oriented decision. At the beginning of the year, uh, the Cardinals, John Mazzalek said, I think this is a 90-win team. They won 90 games. It took a circuitous route to get there. I was flabbergasted when I heard it. Because, you know, as I, I'm always checking the websites, the articles. and The latest was, are they going to extend Schilt? Because he had a year left on his contract. You know, because you don't like to have a lame duck manager. Um, is the is coaching staff coming back? Uh, it looked like most of the staff was coming back, including, unfortunately, Jeff Alberts, uh, the hitting instructor who everyone hates. Uh, and everybody wanted to see fired because all the Cardinals struggles during the uh, the first two thirds of the season to prevent offense, the no doubles offense that I allude to, bottom of the major leagues in slugging, bottom of the major leagues in OPS, etc. But Mike Schilt's first season was 2019. He took over a squad that was floundering from Mike Matheny, who had been incredibly successful, um, and all he did was take them on a big run to make the postseason in his half-year tenure, uh, win the first round of the playoffs in stunning fashion against the Braves, as you may remember, with that massive first inning uh, in the division series, and then uh, get completely shut down by the National Nats pitching staff in the LCS. Uh, Then next year, and remember, this is a team that was crippled by big contracts uh, of underachieving players, Matt Carpenter, Dexter Fowler, John Mazzilliak spending on the hideous uh, Brett Cecil, the awful Luke Gregerson, Greg Holland, contract after contract after contract after contract. Uh, The Marcelo Zuna trade, who they lost after two years uh, to free agency. Uh, So the Cardinals wasted a lot. I should say the Cardinals. John Mazzilliak wasted a ton of money, pissed away mammoth millions of dollars on underachieving players. Traded Randy Orozarena for a yet-to-be-seen Matt Libertor, who's going to be Rookie of the Year. Uh, let Adalis Garcia go. We'll probably run her up Rookie of the Year for Texas for nothing, all of which resulting in the Cardinals having no depth whatsoever. Last year, struck down by the virus and literally having doubleheader after doubleheader after doubleheader because of the epidemic, uh, the pandemic, ripping through the heart of the team. And somehow, someway, in the short season, Got them into the postseason, again, losing two out of three to San Diego. And then this year, a team, again, with no depth, nothing done in the offseason other than the Arenado trade, which was huge, but nothing for depth, didn't add a left-handed bat, didn't add a starter, all the injuries to the pitching staff, no left-handed bat, no bench, Matt Carpenter hitting 170, Paul DeYoung hitting under 200 years starting shortstop, nothing done at the trade deadline to help the offense and somehow some way through yes three or four under the radar moves by John Mazzalek that worked out to his credit Mike Schilt steadies the troops keeps a positive attitude and somehow some way this team puts it together strings up 17 straight blows everybody else out of the water in the wild card hunt and has a great finish and quite frankly at the end of the day I thought they were the second best team third best team in the National League. I thought they could play with the Giants for sure. And I thought they could beat the Giants in a series. Obviously they're not as good as the Dodgers, but the point is it wasn't for a lack of success. And it doesn't seem like it's a philosophical difference throughout. It seems like according to John Mazeliak, it is a philosophical difference that they just discovered. Has it been brewing? Has it been festering? I don't know. Were you going to fire him if they won that Dodger game and they were still playing now? Were you going to fire him after they lost the, the division series? They won the division series. Were you going to fire him after they went to the world the, the championship series? They won the championship series. Were you going to fire him after that? Why were you going to fire him? Were you going to fire him no matter what? This seems like it was a decision that no matter what, it just came around. We're going to fire him no matter if it's a philosophical difference. And to say, you know, I don't want to go into it, well, you owe us an explanation. If you're not going to tell us, then don't have a press conference. Don't have a press conference and say it's philosophical differences that we just discovered and we're not going to go into it. 
because we don't want to disrespect him. You don't want to disrespect him. You announce it on the day of the most important game in all of baseball that people have been waiting for all year. You don't want to disrespect him. You don't want to tell anybody why it happened. The only thing you told us was, was he surprised? He was shocked. Well, who wouldn't be? What are the real reasons? The only philosophical difference I could possibly imagine would be, you know, the age of analytics that he has not totally bought in to the analytical approach. I don't know. I've read throughout the last couple of years that the players love playing for him, that he's always got their back, that he's a great leader. John Mazzelic hired him little in 2003, I believe, never played in the major leagues, never played in the minor leagues. He's been a Cardinal organization guy. He's been the Cardinal way. He loves the Cardinals. He's been a Cardinal his entire professional career through the coaching ranks. He's managed these guys, a lot of them in the minor leagues. So all I've read and heard up until today was that guys love playing for him. And then today I'm hearing rumblings from, certain sources of mine that a lot of the players are happy he's gone, that he's not well-liked. So I don't know who or what to believe. I don't know what the philosophical differences are. I am still stunned slash flabbergasted because of the success that they had, the playoffs three years in a row without this was never a championship caliber team personnel wise. He got the best out of them. You could get, they were always lacking something, whether it was no bench, whether it was no left-handed bat, whether it was you know, not enough pitching depth, whether it was struck down by injuries, whatever the case may be and the pandemic. So, you know, these aren't the Dodgers. These aren't, the Red Sox, you know, these aren't the Yankees, where they've gone out and bought a ton of players, and, and they've invested unwisely. And John Mazeliak has pissed away, you know, close to $100 million in awful contracts for players that they couldn't release because it would debilitate them financially. And, you know, Matt Carpenter is a perfect example. You know, $19 million a year, and Matt Carpenter, the last three years, he's done nothing. He had 170 this year. Did nothing last year, did nothing the year before. And yet he took up a spot on the bench, took up a spot on the roster. That was the left-handed bat. And yet the team president still got his job. Yeah. And we're giving up for philosophical differences. Skip Schumacher, leading candidate for the job. You heard it here first. Former Cardinal infielder and outfielder, bench coach for San Diego. Great name for a ball player, too. One of the best. Skip just in general, and then Schumacher, tops. The Athletic put out an article. A lot of the guys on the team found out by the breaking news report. They weren't told. They were just caring about their business, clearing out their lockers, doing a little training, whatever. Found out that way, and Mike Schilt found out via phone call. And the guys on the other end were surprised that he was, quote, very shocked to have been fired. So he was blindsided by it, too. It was a rough day for some guys. But if what you're saying is true and a good enough majority of the team didn't like the guy, well, we're on to Skip, potentially, or somebody else. That's And I don't business. know that. I have just, I've just heard those things recently. But it's contrary to everything I heard before. Yeah. And read. We'll see. It, it's... As you know, this is crazy timing for, for it. people who follow the team or out of the mouths of players. It's crazy so, timing in that baseball, with its stupid unwritten rules, you kind of don't make announcements during this time period just because you don't want to take away the attention from a Game 5 in the NLDS. Usually you keep things on the download to the postseason. So unless you're Alex Rodriguez, he always used to like to fuck around make announcements during postseason runs. But to do it today, it was it was crazy. It, it was baseball even, news. Even, even tomorrow. Yeah, even tomorrow right. after this is over, 
What's the, the only harm? other thing I can think of is remember San Diego has fired their manager. Skip Schumacher is the bench coach for the Padres. I would think logically he may be. A, now I haven't heard anything about candidates for the job. You know, we all are pointing to Bruce Bochy as a logical choice. Bruce Bochy was on with Chris Russo and said he hasn't had any discussions, which I can't believe because if I were them, Bruce Bochy would, Bruce Bochy would already be my manager. Um, but you would think logically, why would Skip Schumacher not be a candidate for that job? And maybe the Cardinal mindset is uh, we want him and we don't want to wait. And the longer we wait on this, we might lose him. That could be the method to the madness. Again, I am totally and completely talking off the cuff. I have no firsthand, secondhand, thirdhand knowledge of this in any way, shape, or form. Jeff Passan is the, the source I'm looking to where he said, you know, there are candidates for the job. Marmel is a candidate who is the bench coach. Obviously, Stubby Clapp, longtime coach, minor league coach, and first base coach, who's managed a lot of these guys. And Skip Schumacher, logical candidate, as he said, quote, unquote, checks all the boxes. So to me, since he's got the bench coach experience and you know, was a Cardinal, a world champion Cardinal, uh, I, I, I think Skip is a guy I would be okay with. And I think the players would be cool with it, too, because it's a guy they played with, a guy they have a lot of respect with. A lot of respect for it. So I could see that as a logical choice. We'll have to wait and see, but they have said it won't take long. They are looking to make this decision and make it quickly by the end of this month. Now to the teams that have moved on to the championship series or the teams that are trying to, unfortunately we're not going to be on here long enough for us to give the definitive congratulations to the giants or Cardinals. It's past 11 Eastern time where we're recording and we're probably Dodgers. an hour you and a half away from the You mean Dodgers? Game. Yes. What did I say? Cardinals? Cardinals. Wishful thinking on your part? Thinking. I don't know, but I appreciate the thought. <laughs> <laughs> we, cannot, we cannot celebrate for neither the Giants nor the Dodgers, but we can talk about the ALCS. And as mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you're a Yankees fan, it's the worst of both worlds. The Houston Astros, those cheating scumbags with several of the culprits still on the team versus the Boston Red Sox, longtime rivalry, lifetime rivalry for pretty much everyone. Who do you pick to root against? Well, you can't root for the Red Sox in any way, shape, or form. That's just blasphemous. You just can't do it. You have to hope that they lose in the next round. But this Astros team, as much shit as they deservedly get against them for what they did, they're, I kind of want to put up quotation marks showing everyone up because, hey, they cheated once, they cheated twice, why not thrice? <laughs> Whatever magic that they're able to conjecture for this season, who knows? Not throwing out accusations, just saying, you never know. But Jesus, can they play baseball in October? Five consecutive ALCS appearances. Which is something that has gone completely under the radar. It has, hasn't it? It really has. All the emphasis is on the cheating your way to a title and uh, overcoming you know, the booze of the crowds and you know, the nonstop rooting against them. But in the meantime, five straight trips to the ALCS is impressive. That is quite an accomplishment. And they can hit. They can pick it. They can rake. They've got an amazing lineup. Uh, it's deep. It's versatile. It's left-handed. It's right-handed. They can catch it. They can run the bases. They can hit for average. They can hit for power. They're the total package offensively. They've got it from all angles. They've got the guys who hit it out of the yard. They've got the guys who hit line drives. They got the doubles guys. Uh, they're hot stuff. They're hot stuff. And uh, you know, I gave the Red Sox no chance, zero, against Tampa. I thought they'd get swept. 
turns out Tampa just didn't have any didn't have any starting pitching. Hundred wins, and by the time the dust settled, they never started. Didn't bring back Charlie Morton. Lost their best starter, their all star, their Cy Young candidate to injury, and traded away Snell. So they had the young kid who went out and gave him a good start, first game, five innings. And after that, it's just, you know, opener after opener after opener after opener after opener. And, you know, Nathan Avaldi becomes the starting stud in the series, you know, because he gives you five, six innings. And you know, the Red Sox, I'm not going to say like the Astros, but similar to the Astros, not to that degree. They can hit. And they turned it around big time in game two in Tampa when they were getting smoked early. And then they just blew Tampa out of their own building with bombs from all angles. You know, Kike Hernandez becoming the offensive star of the series and getting enough long relief pitching out of their two kids. And you know, Tampa coming back. But the Red Sox walking it off. Walking it off with long relief, walking it off with big-time offense, walking it off with clutch hitting. And... Lo and behold, they're in the ALCS. I don't think they'll be able to hold off the Houston Bats. This is seven games, not five. I'd give them a better chance in five. But I would be even more shocked if the Red Sox won this series than they I did over them winning the Tampa series. Because even though Houston's pitching is taking a hit with Lance McCullers, uh, looks like he's going to be out for a while. Going to be okay, according to the apparently the doctors, but they did not give a timetable for his return in the postseason. So I don't know if or when he will be available in the postseason. So both of these teams will have to hit their way to a title. And I just think as good as the Red Sox offense is, the Astros offense is better. So I was going to say, if you're the Astros, oh no, we only have to keep scoring six runs a game, 10 runs a game, even losing to the White Sox when they did. It was 12-6. And you have the legendary Dusty Baker Ugh. in the postseason once again. Why did you go to Playing Houston, to go to Houston. another World Series, managing against, Why Houston? you know, managing against the lead cheater. Okay, the guy who you know, led the cheating scandal uh, as the bench coach. Took uh, the Cora. COVID season off and was right back in the chair. When Suspended for a up. year, which happened to be a shortened Jesus season. Christ. Couldn't have gotten luckier. He's right back in the seat. Red Sox bring him back, and boom, he's in he's in an ALCS again. Uh, so he goes from uh, you know cheating his way to a championship to winning a championship with the Red Sox to suspended for you know a, a shortened season to uh, back in the saddle again and in the ALCS. Not too shabby. Nice work if you can get it. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Shout out to the Braves. Everybody wrote them off when Acuna Jr. went down, and they just kept at it, kept at it. The Brewers played like garbage. Christian Yelich looks like garbage. Can't hit. Gives up a big home run. The big, Can't hit. When your big reliever doesn't have it, that's it. That's all. A lot of people are saying, perhaps rightly so, whoever wins this Dodgers-Giants series will go on to then win the NLCS and then go on to win the World Series. But as Which you just is said, the obvious choice, but when we say that, what usually happens, we're usually wrong. Exactly. So just let the games play out and enjoy, though the game will be over while you're watching it. We're enjoying what's happening now in the NLDS. In the National Football League, things are continuing along the same path for – several teams for the Seattle Seahawks who found themselves in the same exact game that they've been playing for the last decade with Russell Wilson. He hits his thumb against of all people, Aaron Donald, who's made out of Greek statue material and magic. So he is, course, Iron, he, he is Iron Man. 
Yeah, he's Iron Man. So, of course, Russell Wilson's finger goes in the complete opposite direction on his throwing hand. So he's out now for at least a month. The Seahawks are 2-3. and three. The Seahawks now, unfortunately, because of how tough their division is, are most likely doomed unless Geno Smith, by some miracle, can get his Texas magic back and maybe get them a so. couple wins, but it doesn't seem likely at all. The Packers and Bengals had one of the wildest finishes you'll ever see where no one wanted to make a field goal. It was like if the mob had told both teams to throw the game and they wanted to be the ones to actually do it. Five missed field goals at the end, Al. And then Mason Crosby Crosby comes out and hits the game winner like it's nothing. Crosby, Aaron, Mason Crosby, seven field goal attempts. Seven attempts. Seven attempts. Coach went up to him for the last one. Hey, we might go for it. What do you think? No, I got it. And he went out and nailed it. Hey, what do you say? What a game. You're no Justin Tucker. You're no Justin Tucker. Who is? Correct. Nobody. Ever. Quick update for the Bucks and the Eagles. The Eagles have cut the score to 28-22. Never a doubt for the Miles Sanders over 34 rushing yards. I don't know what Al was talking about earlier in the show, what I might have been saying on the internet about the Eagles never running the football. One carry for one yard in the first half. Clearly they were just saving him for the last part of the game where he riddled off like four great runs in a row on their scoring drive. Imagine what happens if you run the football in the National Football League. They went for two, though, to cut it to six, which is really going to sting the people that have the Bucks minus seven. However, Tampa Bay did exactly what they do, drove the ball down the field and are now within field goal range. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the clock out, but they'll kick this field goal and leave the Eagles. Little to no time. The Tom Brady drink, the Tom Brady special, whatever you want to call it. Standings-wise, it's the same names as it's been. The Bills are 4-1. and one. The Chargers win a shootout with the Browns. Your Ravens, one of the most incredible comebacks in National Football League history, Al, with that Bill Polian wide receiver slinging it out there for historic records. Look at your Ravens. Every as week I we texted, have a Ravens story. What's happening? As I texted Nick Wright the next morning, progress, Lamar, progress. He's getting there. Maybe he could turn himself into something after winning the MVP at 22 years old. Forget about this running shit. I'm going to stand back here and throw it. May not be pretty, but you want to know what? There's guys open out there. If I can hit them, let them get hit all the time. Let me stand back here. It's safer back here than out there in the the midst of all those linebackers trying to take my head off. College football, we have our first sighting of a non-Power 5 team in the top four. Cincinnati, of course. Who else would it be? Everybody knew Cincinnati would be the one to do it. We'll see if it lasts. They don't play anyone. They shouldn't lose. Well, they beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame will be their best win, no question. How it's okay, on the road. good Notre Dame will be the rest of the season. They are hoping well, they, they win the rest of their games. They're hoping, they, they're hoping Cincinnati are the biggest Notre Dame fans in the country outside of South Bend. Plain and simple. Alabama goes down in a thriller to fast-talking Jimbo Fisher and company. So it's it's total upheaval because uh, for the first time in a long time, Bama is not atop the heap. Georgia is looking incredibly strong. And when was the last time? When was the last time? Think about this. You had a team come into a season with national title hopes and a Heisman Trophy favorite quarterback. And at the first third way of the way through the season, they're still undefeated, and the Heisman Trophy quarterback has been benched, at least for a portion of a game, and we have no idea if he's going to win his starting job. Crazy. The drama goes on at Norman as Spencer Rattler again got off to a terrible start, in the Red River shootout against Texas, down 28 to 7. He gets benched. His backup, the freshman, comes in 
leads them back to an exhilarating victory in just stunning fashion. And you know, the crowd is chanting the backup's name. He plays huge. And Lincoln Riley says, I don't know who my starting quarterback is going to be. And, can, and cancels any kind of, uh, how should we say, uh, you know, open press meeting, conference, whatever you would want to call it, because of this is ongoing and he doesn't want to expose the team and I assume Rattler to being rattled while all this is going on and he's trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do with his quarterback position you know, for the next game. And meanwhile, they're still undefeated and you know, they've beaten Texas and you know, they are in the midst of obviously their weak in terms of the conferences, Big 12 and ACC schedule. And as I said to you at the beginning of the year, they were the team that I thought had the chance to go on this massive run because it was all there for them because they were the one team that didn't lose their number one quarterback. And he's not even their number one quarterback anymore. I, I don't recall it ever happening like this before. In all my years of watching college football where the quarterback who started the season was a Heisman Trophy candidate with all publicity lost his job. And they're still winning in miraculous fashion, but winning nonetheless. The next time we speak, we will have four teams remaining in the MLB postseason and definitely storylines to go along with next week's show as, of course, the National Football League, college football, and whatever else we can come up with because the NBA is closing in, Al. We're a handful of days away, if you could believe it. We'll have to talk about that, too. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. For my partner, the great John Tiny One, I am El Renato, a.k.a. Al from White Plains. This has been the best damn sports podcast anywhere. New report, old report. Have a great sports weekend, everybody. We'll be back at 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.